Welcome to the Woodsman Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Luis Martinez, and with me, as always, Marissa Cromwell. Hey, Marissa, what's up? Hello. Well, our lovely studio audience is always happy to see us. Yep. And my birthday passed. Yay. I'm officially 29 years old. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I'm getting there in my 30s. But at least I'm still childless. I don't have any kids. That's like kind of an achievement. Oh, well, yeah, there hey, is that hey, too. Let's, let's be glad that I didn't get pregnant in high school. Well, yeah, because uh, then I would have I would have been on the hook. Yeah, well, there's that, and let's be glad that I didn't get pregnant when I was living with my ex. Yes, because that would have been terrible. Yes, but other than that, uh, I think I had a pretty good birthday. Got myself an Android tablet. Nice. Uh. My parents got me a new phone. Nice. There was nothing wrong with my other phone. It just, I needed an upgrade. Right. Other than that, uh, I got a few uh, anime plushies from Madoka Magica and from Pokemon, Celebi, and uh, Cubey. Oh, yeah. And then, you got, and then you got me season four of Yasha. Yeah, it came out like a week later, but at least... yeah. I'm already on the last disc. Cool. So that's last disc, that's what? So what, last disc, that's like the last four episodes? Yeah. Pretty much, more or less? Yeah. Man, uh, you know what? Uh, pretty much nothing has changed for me, since the last time we did the podcast, I'm still watching. You know, I'm on the la- I'm on the current season of the rookie. Uh, I well as as of the record as of the recording of this podcast, uh, WandaVision is 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 all finished. We'll we'll probably do that for a pot for a future podcast episode next I month. I need to finish up a couple more episodes of WandaVision, and then I'm fully caught up. So I'm finished with that. Uh, you know, I've been watching. Uh, I'm still watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm already on season again. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm on season four. You Why know, are you watching Buffy again? I mean, just something to watch at work. I guess so. I mean, there's better things to watch. Why don't you start watching Supernatural? That's That's already finished, and the last season is on Netflix now. I know, I know, I know. But I'm definitely going to be watching Supernatural after I'm done with Buffy. We need need to review Supernatural since it's completely over now. I know, but the thing is, it's like, what, almost 15 seasons? Something like that? Hey! 15, 16 seasons? Okay, here's the thing. In Yasha had eight seasons. I was able to tie it all in together. I mean, we're, I mean, but the thing is, is that Inuyasha always had that one, that one singular bad guy that they were always going oh, after. Yeah, 
yeah, with Supernatural, you got like Lucifer, you got some of the Archangel, you had God, the, the, you, you had, had the, the Leviathan, the Leviathan, yeah, the Leviathan, and I'm here going, God, these guys need a vacation somewhere. So you got to think about that, so... Oh, yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. But, like I said, we'll see. We'll see. Because right now, like I said, as soon as I'm done with Buffy, I'm going to start watching uh, Supernatural. I need to start watching Supernatural as well, too. I need to fucking binge watch that series. But along with Buffy... I'm going to start again. I think I finished season one. I'm on... I think we stopped at season two because I was watching it with Dante because he wanted to rewatch it again. So I had to, you know, rewatch it as well. Just as a refresher, and I think we're on season two, maybe three. So we're already halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, aside from Buffy, I'm also uh, rewatching uh, Angel since, since season four is when David Boreanaz leaves Buffy to do his own show. Yeah. So I'm watching those two shows at the exact same time. More or less. And for anime, I'm watching um, uh, Overlord. How you liking Overlord so far? I finished up Overlord. I'm already caught up. Well, I mean, I'm I'm uh, barely going to start. I mean, I've already watched the first five episodes and already it's OK. This it's 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 interesting. It's a different it's a different it's a guy anime. You know, for anybody who doesn't know, it's about this uh, this one RPG player who his favorite online video game, the servers were closing down, so he decides, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna stay here till till the end." Yeah. However, he falls asleep and realizes, "Oh shit! I'm I'm actually in this world, dressed up and looked like the character that." That, that he always plays as. Yeah. So now he's trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with this new world. And the thing is, my favorite character right now is, Al- is, is Alberto. She's my favorite character. You're just copying me at this point. I, I like her and I like Ayn. How am I copying, how am I copying you? I barely told you that I'm watching the show yesterday. I know, but still, because of the fact I've been watching it, got done with the anime. But yeah. And I'm telling you, as of my first five episodes, I'm I'm really liking Al- Albedo. Any particular reason why? It's hilarious. It's funny that she's like all super in love with 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 Ainz. Did you see the part where she had the body pillow of him? Not yet. Thank you for ruining that for me. It's not even really ruining it. She did her room. Well, actually, doing things. Actually, actually, I take that back. You didn't ruin it for me because I already, I already saw the body pillow on on the manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually had the body pillow of him. So I'm over here now, going, man. I need to find me a girl just like that. Lewis, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get a body pillow of you. That's how not in love with me you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'd rather have a body pillow 
of either Shishimaru or Garo from The Witcher. I'd rather have a body pillow of them. See, see, this is how I know you don't love me. As much. I like men. I like men with white hair. What can I say? You know, you know, you don't love me as much as you love your 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 two uh, D guys. Yeah. How would it, you, it's hard. How would you like it if I if I uh, if I had a a body pillow of my waifu? Who is your waifu? The thing is, I I technically don't have one. I mean, I mean there might be some. I, was gonna say, do you even have a waifu? I mean, I mean, look, I could probably tell you, oh, who's my, oh, who's who's a favorite female character that I like in 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 the animes that I watch. But I, but I'm not to the point where I'm like so in love with them. Like, oh my god, I gotta buy their figures. I gotta buy the body pillow. I, Marissa, I want you to dress just like her. You see, at least I'm not going that far. At least I'm not having you dress up as Garrett or, or, or Shishomaru. That's because I could never pull pull those off. Yeah. I could never pull those off. One, your height. Yeah, if anything, I would look like a like a chibi version of Shishomaru. <laughs> and that's just unfuckable. It honestly is. I, I, I have a few chibi versions of Shishomaru, and let me tell you, yeah, that's the same. Yeah, it's, no, like, no. <laughs> I'm just going to say no. Like, yeah, chibi Shishomaru, cute. Not, not, but that's, that's it. Not fuckable. That's as far as <laughs> yeah. it goes. You know, TV version of Garut. Cute. Not fuckable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, and like and I said, what? And like I said, you know, unlike your last boyfriend, I'm never gonna compare you to to the unrealistic proportions of an anime girl. Yeah, or furry. Dear God, the furries. Like if anything, like like I'm like I've been I've been rewatching Bleach. I'm back. I'm back in the. Um, I swear to God, do you say I'm Rengi? I'm Rengiku. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to slack boo. Well, here's the thing. I mean, at least some of those girls, their proportions are realistic. Yes. Yeah, you might have Rengu Rengiku who who has big giant titties, who's tits McGee. But she looks like a real woman. She looks like a fucking. She looks thick. She looks yeah. like. She looks like no, no. I can I can see her having big titties because everything else is proportional. Yes. You know she's not Which like. I do have. Yeah, she's not like she's not like a stick figure that suddenly has big giant titties. Which is like, how the fuck did that even work? Yeah. Can someone explain to me how does that even work? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I mean, the only reason, the only, the only way you can be that skinny and have big giant tits like that, plastic surgery, usually. 
Yeah, would you say Orihime is, is skinny? Mm, I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've seen Bleach. Let me look her up. I, I would say no, but it's been a while since I actually did see the anime. Yeah. Like, I haven't fucking watched that anime since I, I don't know for how long. Yeah, no, that is true. But like I said, I'm just. Yeah, I'm not saying you should act like Ranky. Although that would be a more accurate cosplay, I guess. You dressing up as Rankiku while I dress up as uh, Captain Hitigaya. Which one was he again? The short, white-haired captain. I like him. Gee, let me guess, the hair? Maybe. <sighs> yes. Yes, it is. But then again, it's not like you're taller than me, so I don't know if that would work. Typically, I am taller than you. No, no, we're we're almost the exact same height. I have a little bit more. So, so it's not like you could like do the same thing that Rangiku does with with Hitsugaya. Technically, I can. Marissa, you're not going to... You don't tower over me. I can. Let me just put on... Let me just put on my heels. Yeah, but that cosplay wouldn't work with heels. Uh... Orihima is kind of skinny. Yeah, she's skinny from some of the uh, images that I've seen. And no, it's not fair. No, no, I'm actually legit looking through the stuff from the anime. Yeah, she has a little... Like, she doesn't have a stomach. I mean to click on that. Okay, but like... But still, I mean, I think if you look at Rangiku, Rangiku though, she's not, she's not, uh, she's not skinny, skinny. You could tell she's a little, yeah. she's a little thick. Yeah. In all the right places. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, god. Yeah, no, Orihime is skinny, but yeah, she does have the big giant tits though. Yeah, which again. You just are going, how the fuck did that even work? I don't know anime logic. Take your guess. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But anyway, um, another show that I, that I uh, finished watching... Uh, if you remember from the last podcast episode, I said that I that I'm gonna be rewatching um, 
seasons of the Ultimate Fighter that I have on uh, DVD. And I'm also yeah. going to be watching the rest of it on on uh, UFC Fight Pass. Yeah. When I have the chance. But but yeah, I finished watching uh, The Ultimate Fighter two, uh, Season 2. Yeah. Well, okay, so according to, to Dana White, the president of the UFC, um, I, literally as soon as the season one was over, he and a bunch of other TV executives from Spike literally did a deal in the... Um, uh, out in the back as soon as the show was like literally in the uh, in the alleyway in the back of the show after after the season one was done was done uh, airing which which even Dana was like was like saying yeah that was kind of shady yeah you think yeah no obviously I mean I mean if this is how deals deals are supposed to be done wouldn't it be done like in a boardroom somewhere, not in the alleyway outside of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Vegas? Like, God damn it, that's that's where that's where celebrities and like do their cocaine and hookers. So basically what we do usually on on, on a Saturday night then. I mean, I mean, I know you have to have my cocaine. I know you have to have your hookers, so I don't know what's the problem. Hey, hey, <laughs> first of all, that role is completely reversed. You have the hookers. I do the cocaine. Oh, my God. God, get your shit straight. Uh, so when it came to the Ultimate Fighter 2, uh, this time around... They did, they did things a little bit different. In the last season, it was, uh, I think, like uh, 18 of the best light heavyweight and middleweights. This time, it was the welterweights, 170 pound division, and the heavyweights uh, up to uh, uh, 265. Yeah. Competing on the show. And this time... They would actually have two coaches that would actually not fight against each other. It was um, G- uh, at the time current, at the time UFC welterweight champion Matt Hughes and uh, middleweight champion Rich Franklin. And like I said, I, um, you know, if you watched the first season of the Ultimate Fighter, the first season. There was like actually no sponsorships at all, but this time there was a ton of sponsorship, including from Mortal Kombat, which makes sense, you know. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. I mean, let's think about it. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter seems like a Mortal Kombat esque type of setting. Yeah. Two people in a cage. Come on. It's either Mortal Kombat or um, Tekken. Or Tekken. Usually I go for Tekken. 
<laughs> but the thing is, but you know, the thing is, is that uh, you know they did the same thing as last season. You know, challenges, and then whoever wins the challenges can choose who, you know, who they want to fight and why. But the thing is, is that uh, one of the things that Dana White was was noticing was how a lot of the people were dropping out of the show. For example, there was a. Uh, one guy who left the show because he couldn't deal with all the lights and shit, like all the cameras on him. And it's like, dude, yeah, why the fuck would you go there? It's like, dude, you're on a reality TV show and you can't handle the cameras. Like, what did you thought they fucking, were gonna do? Fucking pussy. And then there was another guy who left the show because. He couldn't. He couldn't do the weight cut. Like he couldn't make weight. Jesus. And it's like again, it's it's one hundred and seventy pounds. You can't you can't make one hundred and seventy pounds. You know that's the weight class you're fighting in. How do you, the question is though? How do you not make one hundred and seventy five pounds? Well, here's the thing. You know what? You know the you know the difference between losing weight and cutting weight, right? Yes, I'm trying to lose weight. Well, okay. Well, losing weight, for example, is 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 when you decide, okay, you know what? I'm gonna lose, you know, ten to fifteen pounds this month, right? Right. That's doable. You know, exercise a little bit more. You know, maintain your portions. Have a good diet going on, but it's possible, right? Okay. For somebody to lose 10 to 15 pounds uh, in one month. Cutting weight is when you're trying to lose 10 to 15, maybe even 20 pounds that week. Yeah. Which is a lot harder to do. Oh, yes. No, and, and, these, and these guys, they, they have about... 72 hours to make weight. Like four, like I think it was like I think it was like 40 actually not 72. I think it was like 48 hours so like 2 days. Jesus. So imagine trying to lose 20 pounds in 2 days. Fuck that shit. At that point I just make yourself throw up. I swear you you know you lose something at least. 48 hours that's the only way that you could probably know you know, you you know, you can do it. Not that I'm telling anyone to force yourself to throw up. I am just saying. Well, what a lot of these guys do is that they try and lose the uh, the water weight. They they sweat it out. That's just disgusting. Why not just pee it out? Jesus, it comes out. It's coming out one way or another. So so oftentimes they have to go to the YMCA to use the uh, the sauna. Do a sauna now. Not only, not Oops, only. I'm sorry, Kilala. Not only that, but they'll, but they'll actually put on, like those special sweatsuits. I don't know if you've seen them. Oh yeah, I've seen them. You know, you know, they kind of look like you're wearing like a black trash bag. Yeah. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. So they're wearing that. They wear, you know, other shit on top of it so that they can sweat easily. Uh, they go inside the the sauna. They'll they'll even have a. Um, They'll even put, 
that that air bike in the sauna? God. Yeah, a lot and of that's women- how you, you you know, and if you do that wrong, if you sweat out wrong, you can actually dehydrate yourself. You're gonna have a lot more problems. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, sure. No, a lot of fighters have have had some kidney problems before and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like I think, uh, like I read a book um, uh, from one of the fighters, and he was like saying that usually you want to walk around like maybe twenty pounds over your weight limit. That's how you kind of want to walk. That's how you kind of want to walk around. And then, you know, like, you know, the month, like during your six week training camp, that's when you start dieting and exercising so that by the time you have to cut weight to make the weigh ins, you're maybe five, 10 pounds overweight. Yeah. But again, you're on that, you're going on that show, you know what the weight limit is. Yeah. So basically they have no fucking excuse to to bitch and whine. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure they even tell you. I'm pretty sure, you know, before you go on, this is what this is what you need to fucking do. No, okay, I could probably do all of that and then you don't do it and then you get penalized because the fact you know you did something wrong. Jesus. <laughs> and then the other thing that you know, Dana White was also noticing too. Was that was that tough guy was fighting against another tough guy, and it's like, and it's like you know, this is this is sort of like a competition. This is like a tournament style competition. You know, the way that you want to fight is that you want to take out the guy that you think you can win. You know, win easily, because in a couple of weeks you might have to fight again. Yeah. And yeah, like one guy had to leave the show because he, guess what? He fought and even though he won, his his arm was broken. Yeah. Maybe try not breaking a limb, but you know, that can't be helped. You know, and 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 like I said, like there was and again, it, you know, the same thing as last time, you know, it was all these guys in a house, you know, nothing to do. You know, there's only so many times you can tell each other the same story, so many times you can play solitaire, so many times you can play, you know, chess. Yeah. But there's no TV, no internet, no nothing. Jesus, that sounds like hell. I mean, I mean, unless I'm going somewhere, you know, relaxing like Hawaii to where I know I'm not going to be able to, to where I'm knowing, hey, you know, I'm not going to use the internet because I'm trying to detox my body from shit like that. But no, if I'm in a fucking house with nothing, no, that's fucking going to be hell. The only places that I that I accept no internet, no nothing, is when I'm out in nature or like Hawaii, like I said. Like I've been wanting to go to. That's fine. Well, here's the thing, like, um, I mean, this is somebody that, that, that people thought, 
Well, you know, this is this is something that you think that you want to do. You know, I mean, yeah, you have an opportunity to to have like no distractions. You know, to to go in, work out, compete for that eventual contract to fight in the UFC. So it really does depend how hard you know is your dream. You know. Yeah. Like I said, I I do understand people, uh, uh, you know, wanting to take some time offline. You know, because because there have been people like that that have taken that are like, oh, you know what, you guys, uh, this weekend I'm not gonna be online anymore. Yeah. Just just for my own mental health and clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But again, I get that. I, I get that because sometimes I just don't want to be on Facebook to deal with people. Which is why I only have Messenger. Right. But other than that, I really don't like to go on Facebook really because everything just seems to get worse. But again, just imagine uh, what, six weeks, 40 days of just being in, a, in this house with several other strangers and and there's really nothing else to do. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say this. If I were stuck in a house with other people that I don't fucking know, I would like to be in my room with my phone or with something on, blasting music through my headset because I am a very anti-social person. I would need my gaming. I would need fucking something so that way I don't have to, you know, talk to anyone. Yeah, no, not going to happen. Even you know how antisocial I can be. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. Do I like other people? No, not really. To me, I think everyone's, everyone is an asshole. During, during the time and age, yes, we have a lot of assholes now. Right. Well, anyway, moving on. Well... You know, this season was pretty good. Uh, nothing too memorable came out. Um, came out. You know, it wasn't like the first season where where you had somebody, you know, uh, breaking doors and, and 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 getting some skin removed from their from their knuckles. That, that sounds like fucking shit. What was that one reality TV show that they had on MTV? The The Real House. Was real it the world? Rare house? Real the world, with all the, something. The one with the one with all the women and everything, and they had it like do or, shit. Or, or you're talking about the Jersey Shore? Was it the Jersey Shore? I can't fucking remember. It was one of those reality shows, but with women, and usually there'd be like some type of fucking fight because some because someone got on someone else's fucking nerves. And well, it just seemed like it got it got worse. It got worse with each episode. Well, you know, this is what happens when you take a bunch of fighters into a house and give them, and give them as much beer as they possibly could want. I smell testosterone in like in that one room. I, I I can imagine that, you know, fucking a house filled with nothing but but a bunch of dudes inside. You can smell the testosterone just building up in there. And the thing. Is- and the thing is, is that, uh, is that, um, you know, on the show, Matt Hughes, he seems to be like a bit of a hard ass. 
He's at he's I'm trying to remember what fucking state he's from. But he grew up on a farm. Alabama, Texas, uh, Missouri. According to this, he's uh, he's from Illinois. Illinois, yeah, they have farm territory. And like I said, he he he's a bit of a jock. Like he rest, yeah. like he wrestled all throughout, you know, high school and and in, and in, in, into college. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, if we on the show when it seemed like his team was losing and everything, like he would, like the next day he would actually beat his team up. Like he, like he's that type of guy. Like, hey, we seems to be losing, so I guess we must not be working as hard, you guys. Oh, he's one of those assholes. He's one of yeah, he's one of those assholes. I know which assholes you're talking about. I saw them all the time on the football team in high school. Yeah, I even have a picture. Check it out. You see in the picture? Yep, he's an asshole. He looks like the dude. He looks like that one guy that doesn't take no for an answer from a woman. Uh, I don't know about that. No, he seriously looks like that kind of guy. And then once you tell him no, he gets butthurt about it and basically, you know, it basically makes you know, makes the woman's life a living hell afterwards. Again, I don't know about that because he was he was an exciting fighter. Watching him, I was a fan of his fighting style. Probably would not, I probably wouldn't get along with him. You know, in real life. Well, of course not. And it's different from 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 his other from his uh, rival coach, which is Rich Franklin, which is this guy. Yeah. Because Rich Franklin actually, uh, uh, he was actually a, a high school math teacher. Yeah. Would you be paying attention to high school math if that was your teacher? <laughs> no. No, you still wouldn't be? <laughs> I wouldn't. Trust me, I'd be focusing somewhere else. Oh, my God. Now you get it. Uh, anyway, towards anyway, like I said, towards the end of the season, uh, I had a hot sub. Oh, back in high school, we actually did have an attractive substitute teacher. He was really skinny, blonde hair, and he was like really, really attractive. Of course. And yeah, let me tell you, I forgot everything that day in class. I'm shaking my head. What? It was back in high school. Oh, come on. I was looking, not touching. Jeez, at least give me that kind of credit. Give me the credit, at least I didn't try to seduce the teacher. Okay. Okay. What would you have done if that teacher was like, oh, um, oh, Marissa, I need to see you after class. Oh, trust me, I'd be going after class right away. And then hoping that I would get somewhere. 
Really? It'd be like that song from the police. Don't stand so close to me. You do realize that song is about a uh, a student who falls in love with her teacher. Oh my god! Because I'm not sure if it's high school or college. But yeah, it, it, it's basically the same thing. Anyway, towards the end of the season, uh, for for the Ultimate Fighter, moving on. Uh, yeah, both uh, both teams from. Uh, went on to the f- finales, but for two different weight classes. For example, two of Team Hughes' fighters, Joe Stevenson and Luke Kumo, went on to the uh, to the finals, whereas the t- uh, two heavyweights from from Team Franklin, uh, Rashad Evans and Brad Imes, had went into the finals, and the winners was uh, Joe Stevenson and Rashad Evans. But aside from Rashad Evans, nobody else had come close to winning a championship belt. Joe Stevenson tried to fight for the uh, lightweight division uh, years later after winning the show, but he never, but he couldn't beat BJ Penn. And Rashad Evans, he actually did later on became the the UFC light heavyweight champion, but it was only for that one time he, he lost the belt soon after. And even though he's had a couple of good, good fights, good impressive wins over uh, Rampage Jackson and Phil Davis, Tito Ortiz, um, he couldn't beat John Jones. He couldn't beat Antonio Noguera. And towards the end of his career, was actually on a one, two, three, four, five fight losing streak. Yeah. As of right now, he's retired. He has expressed interest. In coming back to do another, to do, to come out of retirement. But since COVID, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Joe Stevenson, he's, he, again, like I said, he never went to, um, he never went to, uh, he never won a UFC, uh, a UFC title came close to winning. Uh, came close to fighting for for the title, but was never that top contender. Yeah. Ever again, and and he's he's had some interesting uh, wins. Like he he has a win over uh, Nate Diaz. He has a win over uh, Gleason Tebow. But again, just really couldn't uh, go further than that. At one point, he even did another season of The Ultimate Fighter. But, again, nothing... You know, that was back in 2017, but nothing nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, right now, he's, he actually does have... Uh, he did play... He he has been on TV. He's been on a TV show called The Kingdom, where he acts as their uh, fighting advisor, and he actually does appear on the show as a recurring character. The other winner, Luke Kumo. Man, I gotta tell you, uh, I'm watch. I was watching uh, Where Are They Now. He, man, 
he, he, he's basically living at his gym. How odd. Like, he really doesn't have a home. He apparently uh, has an ex-wife. But at one point, he was... Um, At one point, he was wanted by the police because apparently he sent his ex-wife some, uh, some threatening emails. Of course. But yeah, no, a couple of those fighters ha- have gone on to do something else. Like uh, another fighter, George Gorgel, he, he had went on to become a, a coach. He's had a, a, an interesting career himself, but he's went on to do a coach. Had a wife, divorce, apparently has a fiance. Uh, Marcus Davis, the uh, the Irish hand grenade, went on to some impressive victories in the UFC before retiring. He's also a coach himself. I think he's also uh, doing bare knuckle boxing. I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Like he, ha- like he is planning on coming out of retirement, apparently. But one of the more infamous <laughs> uh, fighters that came out of that show was a fighter named uh, Seth Petrozelli. The only reason he's kind of infamous is because he single-handedly shut down a whole company. Wow. Yeah, no, this was, uh, I, I want to say back in 2010, maybe 2009, um, there was another uh, fight promotion called Elite XC. Where, you know, they did a couple, you know, they did a handful of shows. One of the fighters they were promoting was actually uh, Gina Carano. Former, former Star Wars actress. Yeah. Gina Carano. She, she fought for Elite XC for a long time before becoming a, an actor. An actress. Yep. But one of the guys that was on that promotion was Kimbo Slice. Have you ever heard of Kimbo Slice? No. Well, he became famous for having those uh, backyard fights. Ah, okay. Like, he really became super famous for having backyard fights on YouTube. And uh, he he actually also became pretty famous for being the bodyguard for the, uh, for Reality Kings, the, the porno company. Yeah. In fact, you could probably... Look up Kimbo Slice, uh, Reality Kings, and there'll be pictures of him hanging out with porn stars. Well, not, not hanging out, but like, you know, being their bodyguard or whatever. Anyway, so Kimbo Slice was signed on for Elite XC, fought a couple of times, and he was supposed to fight against uh, Ken Shamrock, who was a who was a who's a legend in the sport of mixed martial arts but the the night before the fight literally hours before the fight Ken Shamrock 
got injured, had to pull out of the fight. Jeez. So Seth Petrozelli came in and knocked out Kimbo Slice in 20 seconds. Wow. And then that's when the company closed its doors. Yeah, after that. It was like, yeah, all it takes for one company to implode was 20 seconds later. And that's because another thing, and, and uh, another thing that said Petrozelli, he, he also implied that the company was telling him to make it a stand-up fight. You know, don't take it to the ground because Kimball Slice did not have a good ground game. So that was the only thing that was kind of funny. After that, the the entire Elite XC library was actually bought by the UFC. So if you ever want to see some of those fights, go on the UFC Fight Pass. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's it for the uh, for the Ultimate Fighter season two. I'll probably talk about season three. Um, not anytime soon. So be on the lookout for that once that is done. Anyway, anything else you want to mention before we move on to our uh, stories? Uh, nope. All right, uh, let's move on to some to some news. And uh, we're actually going to be talking about the winners from the 2011, tw- um, not 2011, from 2021, the Golden Globe winners. And I'm, on a, I'm only going to mention the winners, okay? So, for example, uh, let's see. Uh... Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture went to uh, Daniel Kulei for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, limited series of motion picture for television went to John Boyega, Small Axe. Best performance by an actress in a television series went to uh, Catherine O'Hara, Shit's Creek. Best motion picture animated was So. Have you seen So yet? Uh, did uh, Pixar Soul? Yeah. Yes, I have. I actually love that movie. I haven't seen it yet. You should watch it. That's what I keep hearing. Uh, it's really good. Best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture was uh, Mark Ruffalo. I know this much is true. Best screenplay for motion picture goes to Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Best performance by an actress in a television series drama went to Emma Corrin, The Crown. Best original song motion picture, the winner goes to... um, 
Low C from The Life Ahead. I don't know where the hell that's from. Best original score for a motion picture goes to Trent Reznor, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and John Batiste. So, best performance by an actor in a television series, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. Best television series musical comedy goes to Schitt's Creek. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture goes to Rosamund Pike, I Care A Lot. Best performance by an actor in a television series drama, Josh O'Connor, The Crown. Best motion picture foreign language win for Minotti. Best television series drama, The Crown. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture, Jodie Foster, the Muritanian. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, limited series of motion picture made for television, Gillian Anderson, The Crown. Best performance by an actress in a limited series of motion picture made for television, Anna Taylor-Joy, The Queen's Gambit. Best television series of motion picture made for television, The Queen's Gambit. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Chaswick Boseman, My Rainey's Black Bottom. Best director for motion picture was Chloe Zhao, Normanland. Best picture musical comedy, Borat's subsequent movie film. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical comedy, Sasha Born Cohen, Borat's subsequent movie film. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. Andra Day, United States versus Billie Holiday. Best motion picture drama. And it's uh, Nomerland. And those are your winners. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh... Okay, so we finally have uh, a title for the upcoming Spider-Man movie. Oh, what's it called? It will not be called Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, then. Yeah, after a series of teases from Tom Holland, Jacob Batalon, and Sandea, that is now the title for... For Spider-Man, and it seems to hit a certain theme because remember, the original f- first film was uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. And then the second one was Far From Home. Yeah. So it is interesting that they're still going with the home theme of the film. Yeah. So maybe this has to do. I mean, I. Maybe it has to do with Spider-Man trying to find... I mean, it's probably just him trying to find his own uh, dimensional... His own dimension back home because we know... I I think the theory is that we're we're probably going to see Andrew Garfield and... um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. 
So, like I said, we'll see what happens. So, Disney Plus has also officially revealed the premiere date for the upcoming Loki series. Ooh, when's that going to be? June 11th. Yes. I get to watch it. I'm really excited for the Loki series. Sounds like it. Yeah, no, Disney. I, I, I like Loki. Like, like that, is my, that is one, one of my other husbands. Of course. Because it's uh, Tom Hiddleston. The Tom Hiddleston, let alone Loki, the god, of, the god of trickster and chaos. And the fact that the British accent. Yeah. I'm moist. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Disney Plus has also officially revealed that May 4th will be the premiere date for Star Wars uh, The Bad Batch, an all new animated right. series from Lucasfilm. But get it, May 4th. Yeah, May the 4th be with you. Yeah. That has been a thing now, apparently. Like, uh, uh, I see what Disney did there. Disney, God. you should be ashamed of yourself. God damn it, Disney. Can you really be mad at them? No, I guess not, but still. Also, it's been reported... Remember, um, okay, so it's been reported that the rapper T.I. will not be returning for Ant-Man 3. All right. Remember, he was in that film. Yeah, I do. Well, it also probably didn't help that the T.I. and his wife are facing accusations of sexual abuse from from a number of women. Yeah. As well as other allegations such as forced ingestion of illegal narcotics, kidnapping, false imprisonment, intimidation, assault, and harassment. Yeah. So... So, yeah, like I said, we'll see what happens. Just like, just like how Marilyn Manson enjoys her accused by multiple women. Yep. Uh, moving on. Okay, so Disney Plus has also announced that that uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been cast in the Pinocchio remake. All right. I saw the trailer for this. I gotta say, I have to watch it. I, ha I haven't seen the trailer for this yet. Have, I thought I linked it to you. No, no, you didn't. Have I not linked it to you? Nope. Oh, I will link it to you then. Again, I... I I would say yes. We need to watch this movie. Oh God! Really? I actually like how it looks. 
Of course you do. So, um, Paramount Plus has has arrived. Oh, oh yeah, I heard about that. And with it, we have some uh, a couple of announcements. For example, Nickelodeon has announced that we're getting a new yeah. Rugrats series. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It's supposed to be CG. It all looks the same, but CG, I'm here like going, but not too bad considering it is it is the, the same thing, same characters, everything, but the animation is different, of course. I don't have a problem with that. As long as they're not trying to make it too different, I'm okay. Yeah, not only that, but it's also going to be voiced by the same uh, voice voice actors from the last oh, year. Oh, really? From the original series, yeah. Okay, then. I'm on board with it. Now I have to get get Paramount Plus, and I'm here like, like I I swear, I no more subscriptions. But... Here we go. Not only that, but but Nickelodeon has also announced that they're going to be launching a new division dedicated to creating a new series of movies based on the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. Oh, okay. Yeah, the division will be called Avatar Studios and will be led by the original creators and executive producers, Michael D. Martino and Brian, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Oh, okay then. So yeah, we might see a new uh, a new Avatar project. I'm hoping. I actually do like the Avatar stuff. I don't care for much with Legend of Korra. Like I said, I don't really care for that series, but I do like Avatar a lot more. So I'm hoping to see more of that. Like, apparently, the first project is going to be an animated theatrical film. Oh, nice. Not only that, but we also find out that... Um, that that Paramount Plus is also going to be getting a Halo TV series. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, Dante was actually very excited about that. Both him and his brother is, so they're looking forward to that. And I'm here going, as a person who played Halo and had most of the Halo games, I still do not understand the hype. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, I don't see the hype. I have played Halo. I have the Halo games. And I'm just here going, what what is the hype about? Is it because of the weapons? It has to be the weapons. I don't fucking know what there is. Uh, moving on. So it has been confirmed that the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, which again will come out on HBO Max, will be a... Four hours and two minute film. Jesus, and you want me to review this with you. You do realize because of this, our podcast is going to be four hours now. Which means 
Let me get the let, let me get my scheduling up here because I save everything. Uh, it's probably uh, it's it's not gonna be that long to to review the movie because I'm pretty sure because because we're, we're we're gonna just mention the differences between this movie and the first one. Are you sure? Because you're to put down that we're going to have a game review. I know it's not gonna be as long as as you think it is. I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at this as a, it's going to be a fucking long review. I don't think it's going to be that long. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, looks like Warner Brothers is going to be rebooting the uh, Superman franchise. Yay. Not like we didn't have that plenty of other times. Yeah, apparently it's going to be... Uh, Produced through J.J. Abrams's Bad Robot. Yeah. So I'm guessing a lot of lens flare. Oh, boy. Fucking hate the lens flare. And right now it's unconfirmed as to whether or not Henry Cavill will return as Superman. So we'll see what happens with that. Going forward. Uh, speaking of Superman, it's been confirmed that the Superman and Lois TV show has been renewed for a second season. All right. Which was super quick because it's, I think it's barely either on episode, it's barely either on episode two or episode three. With uh, Superman and Lois having to deal with their two teenage sons and and growing up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, moving on. Also, all six chapter titles for the Justice League film has been revealed. Alright. So here are each Titles for for each chapter. Part one, don't count on it, Batman. Part two, the age of heroes. Part three, beloved mother, beloved son. Part four, change machine. Part five, all the king's horses. And finally, part six, something darker. Okay, then. Yeah, so... Moving on. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's something interesting. Uh, Netflix has announced that it will be making a Terminator anime series. Uh... Come on. Don't tell me you don't want to see an animated an animated Arnold Schwarzenegger being like, come with me if you want to live. It's going to be animated, though. I don't... <sighs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just getting tired of seeing Terminator stuff considering the fact, you know... Hey, look how many movies we got. Well, here's the thing. Uh, 
apparently the anime studio will be done will will be a product production IG. Okay. They were the ones behind Ghost in the Shell Rise, Psychopaths, Hooli Cooli. Do we really need to see, you know, the Terminator fully anime? Yes. Oh my god, it, I, I don't understand men. I'm a huge Terminator fan, so I'm going to watch it either way. I know, I know you are. I'm just here like going... I'm probably going to be, be watching it because of the fact someone is probably going to force me to watch it. And then I'm probably going to end up liking it. I don't want to want to, I don't want to keep liking shit. I know. I know. Uh, let's move on to some video game news real quick. So there's a, so we might be getting a new Nintendo Switch model. Yeah. Like allegedly Nintendo is set to reveal a new model of the Nintendo Switch with a bigger Samsung OLED display. Of course. Which will output to 4K ultra high definition graphics. Yeah. But again, we'll see what happens. Are we going to be talking about the new Pokemon games that got announced? That uh, not Nintendo Direct, but got announced though through Nintendo and through the I was, uh, I, I, I was going to say that right now. But yes, thank you for yeah. coming. So we're getting So we're getting a Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes called Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. The games are of course 3D remakes of Pokemon's 2006 Nintendo DS entries. And of yeah. course they're for the Switch. And uh it's planned for a prequel of what? Well, they're being planned to release you know, later, later in twenty twenty one. Yep. Yeah, and we're also getting a Pokemon Legend RCS, a game also taking place in the Sinnoh region, but many years in the past in a period stylized like feudal Japan. Yep, which is a prequel to it. So which so which one are you getting? I'm getting, of course, Diamond because I had Diamond for the DS originally, so I'm picking up Diamond again because I like Diagla, and I'm getting the Arceus one. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get the uh, the Pearl. Did you know the internet is torn between you know because now we got that. That one half of the internet that like going, oh, why did you have to fully remake Diamond and Pearl? And then we got the other half of the internet going, I don't see a problem with the remake. You gotta remember this is on the Switch. You gotta make, you know, changes. I'm just here like, like I'm perfectly fine with it. I like how it looks. I like the details. Yeah, but again, you know, some people are just haters. Yeah. Arceus one, I love how the how they changed the battle system. I don't know if you saw the trailer for it yet, but they changed it a lot. Cause they're, I guess they're going to try, 
try working with a new battle system, and I gotta say, what I've seen so far, I actually do like, it looks like it plays, from what I've seen of it, it plays like an actual RPG, more so than what Pokemon it used to. Like, fuck it, it looks like the Final Fantasy RPG style. So I, I, I'm I'm excited to check out that kind of gameplay. It's something new. Right. No, I understand that. Uh, moving on. Uh, oh, guess who's planning to do uh, another... Well, play, guess who's planning to release another video game console? Who? Soulja Boy. Right. You mean the rapper? Yes. Yeah, rapper. You tell me that man is. You tell me that man is smart enough to come up with his own console. Well, here's the. Th well, here's the thing. And it's super funny. So, Soulja Boy, best known for his song "Crank That Soulja Boy." Back in 2018. Tried to come out with his own video game cons like his own line of video game consoles, but they were all like cheap emulation ripoffs that you could buy on Wish.com. Why is it that Wish is the place to go if you want cheap, unusable things? That's what Wish is. And I don't understand why fucking, you know, fucking advertising for it. Like going, oh, this is the best website to go to to purchase things. No, it isn't. Like, Wish, I have purchased things from Wish. I purchased one of my Wash Girl. No. It, it's not bad. I know what I was expecting to get from them. But at the same time, though, it's like, why the Fuck did this even exist? I I have a friend who actually purchased clothing from Wish. Guess what they did? My friend put down a two XL. They gave her a fucking child small T-shirt. How the fuck do you fuck that up? I got a phone case from them, and they fucked that up so badly. I. I know what my fucking phone is. I know at, at the time I had a Galaxy. I know what the fuck my my phone is. You know they gave me they gave me the fucking wrong case for my phone. That's what Wish is. Wish is just a fucking half-ass store that fucking doesn't know what you know how to fucking do sizes properly. Well, and it literally said on the receipt, you know, this is what I purchased. That's not what I fucking purchased. Well, well, Marissa, let me ask you something. How how else? I'm on Wish.com, by the way. How else am I supposed to um, buy a pair of AirPods Pro for $101? 
they're probably fake and probably they don't even work. High possibility, I bet you anything, they're not even in the case. Okay, here's what's interesting. They have something called an Air Pro 3. What the fuck is an Air Pro? They wanted to go with AirPods, but when fuck it, let's just put Air Pro 3. How does that make you feel? Oh my god. Again, I don't know what the fuck Wish is. I think Wish is one of those third parties, uh, websites where it's like you know it's other people selling their shit but at the same time though why the fuck do you have a size chart to you know to basically you know to buy clothing why the fuck do you have a side chart but yet you don't give what we ask i don't know what to i don't know what to tell you because my because my stepsister has bought some shit off of Wish. Off of Wish, and I'm like, it's all fake. It's just all fake shit. It's it's fake. So what did she get off for Wish? Headphones that kind of looked like AirPods, but they weren't AirPods. I think they were just garbage. And she thought they were AirPods? No, I even told her before she bought them, like, you know this is all fake, right? She thought that maybe, you know, okay, they might be fake, but who knows? They might be good. Yeah. No, she ended Are up... they good or were they shit? Well, let me, well, let me answer that by telling you that she, that she went ahead and bought the real ones. Uh, after buying the fake ones. Well, they probably didn't even fucking last long either. You gotta remember that too. So there you go. <clears throat> yeah. So So yeah, Social Boy tried to back in 2018 try to pass off some fake knockoff video game consoles as his own. <clears throat> he did got a cease and desist letter from Nintendo. Of course. That's great. Like, however, according to a tweet back in February 20, he said, coming soon, social game. And that when you go to at social game on Twitter, the newest tweet reads that they are building a new console from scratch. All new design, all new games, all new deals. Let's make history. And yet nothing has happened. Well, here's the thing. The Instagram account. There's also an Instagram account that also has three images of this console. And it looks similar to an Xbox One S or an Xbox Series S. Oh, my God. With with controllers that look like DualShock 2s. Well, let's hope that Microsoft gets on his ass now. So my guess is that Soulja Boy did not learn from his uh, last attempt at selling cheap knockoff emulation games. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, so he's not as smart. So he's not. So he's not so smart then. Nope. <sighs> Moving on. So, Crunchyroll had their uh, Crunchyroll's Anime Awards. Okay. So you want to? So the winners are Anime of the Year is Jujutsu Kaisen. Best animation, keep your hands of Isoken. Best fantasy, ReZero, starting life in another world. Best drama, Fruits Basket Season 2. Ooh, I need to finish up Season 2. Thank you for reminding me. Best comedy, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Best girl, Kagyo. Shinomiya from Kaguya-sama, Love is War. I, yes, I... Best Boy, Shio Hinata from Haikyo to the top. Best Protagonist is Katarina Claes. My Next Life as a Villainess, all, all Routes Lead to Doom. Best Antagonist is Real Man Sakuna from Jujutsu Kaisen. Best fight scene, Deku versus Overhaul, My Hero Academia Season 4. Best score, Kevin Penkin, Tower of God. Yes! I, I, I watched Tower of God recently, and I gotta say, the music is top-notch. Best director, Masaki Yuza, Keep Your Hands of Isoken. Best character design, Miyoko Ito, original designs by... Idaho, Toadbound Hanakakun. Best couple, Nasa Yuzaki and Sugasa Yakasi. Tanakawa, Over the Moon for You. Yes! I love that anime so much. And I want that to be you and me. Oh my god, really? Yes! Ugh. Best VA performance from Japan. Yusuke Kubayashi as Natsuki Subaru. Real life, stunning life in another world. Best VA performance in English is Zeno Robinson as Hawks. My Hero Academia Season 4. Best opening sequence. Wild Side Ali for B-Stars. Best ending sequence is Lost in Paradise. By Ali featuring Aklu, Jujutsu Kaisen. Nice. Yeah, so looks looks pretty good. And while the Crunchyroll had 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 their anime announced, the subreddit group for the anime community has also hold its annual anime awards live stream over the weekend. So. Th- so the jury winner for overall best anime was Chuhayafuru 3, while We Zero Starting Life in Another World Season 2 took the public vote. <coughs> Short of the year was Pokemon Twilight Wings. I love that series. And Isekai Quartet for the jury and public, respectively. Movie of the year went to Angaku Our Sound for jury. And Konosaba 
God's Blessing in This Wonderful World, Legend of the Crimson Public, which is the movie I watched, and I fucking loved it. For animation TV, we had Pokemon Twilight Wings for the jury and the God of High School Public. It took me a while to get used to God of High School, God of High School's uh, animation design, but it was it was okay. I love that one. God of High School. Yeah, I'm, I've been watching it. I just need to finish it up. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. So best so animation movie is Children of the Sea Jury. I saw that one, Turn of the Sea. Yeah. I love that. It's on Netflix. Oh, nice. I, I highly recommend that one just because what got me into it was that when Netflix was advertising the trailer for it, the animation. The animation is beautiful. Right. So for, for public, it's uh, Violent Evergarden 1, Eternity in the Auto Memory Doll. I need to watch. I need to watch that series or, or start it at least. Background art for TV, jury. We have if my favorite pop idol made it to the Botocon, I would die. A public Greek pretender. Background art for movies, we have children to see for jury and weathering with you for yeah. public. Character designs for TV. Pokemon Twilight Rings for Jury and Akudama Drive for Public. Character designs for movies, we have Promar for Jury and Violent Evergarden for Public. Com compositing TV, we have Public. We have Pokemon Twilight Wings for Jury and ReZero for Public. Compositing movie, we have Children to Sea for Jury, Weather Review for Public. Storyboarding TV, we have Blade the Immortal for Jury. ReZero for public. And the OST is uh, Tohito Doro for jury and Tower of God for public. I love Tower of God's opening so much that I yeah that I bought it and it's on my phone. Oh my god. OST for movie is Made in the Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, and Rather With You for public. I need to finish up made, you know, made in the abyss of the series. I gotta say, I, I like so far where it was going, but I stopped watching it because other animes got in the way. But I highly recommend it. So for best actor, we have Tomokazu Sakai as Gilgamesh from Fate Grand Order, Absolute Demonic Front, Babylonia for Jury, and Ayu Koga as Kaguya from Kaguya Sama: Love Is War Season Two. For public. So there we go. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Crunchyroll ha has announced that it will be adding the following anime. Tales and Symphonia, the animation. Tetsujin 28, Morning Moon of Midday. Like the Clouds, Like the Wind, Nutcracker Fantasy. I want to watch uh, Tales and Symphonia just because I love the, the, the video game. And it got 
And that video game is what got me into playing um, those type of RPGs. Yeah. Again, I don't know why you don't like Tales. I just don't like it. Uh, moving on. Uh, it looks like everybody's favorite Vocaloid Virtual Idol is getting her own anime series. I saw that and I retweeted it too. Yep. Hashini Miku is getting her own anime series, which I'm here going, <sighs> I'm going to watch it. What's wrong with you? Really? Yes, I'm going to watch it. I like Hashini Miku. You know this already. Craig, I, I have all of her games. I know you do, but still. Still what? <sighs> what is it? No, that's my answer. Ugh. What? I like rhythm games. So, of course, I'm going to watch an anime. I know you are. Moving on. So, Atlanta's Momocon event has officially been canceled due to COVID-19. Of course. And recently we found out that Anime Expo has also been canceled for the same reason. Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, Auto Corp president Brooke Salute has announced in a newsletter that the organization has raised more than forty thirty-four thousand dollars in donation to support its Otakon anime convention. Because otherwise, if they don't do, if, if uh, they're thinking of potentially closing the event permanently, if, if, if they don't get that kind of, if they don't need the, if they don't get that kind of money, you know? Oh, wow. But yeah, uh, Texas Anime Convention, Akon, that this year's convention has been postponed. Yeah. And that they'll try again next year. I was even telling Tanya, like, you know, I wasn't planning on on uh, going to this year's anime convention anyway, you know? So we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, so it's been an announced that Rent a Girlfriend will be getting its second season starting next year. Nice. Have you seen that one? Apparently, no, I haven't. But apparently, that's actually based on an actual thing that you can do that you can do in Japan. You can literally pay a girl to rent to be your girlfriend for a day. <laughs> would that be your Which dream? I'm here. Would Would that be your dream job? Oh fuck no. <laughs> That's like being a hooker, but without the sex. Like, I, like I don't know what the extent of it is. I'm not really sure, but I heard that it, that is an actual thing that she just goes on dates with you. But I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can actually buy them stuff. I guess you can't. I don't know how that really works. 
But yeah, no, it's a thing. Which I'm here wondering, hmm, if they have rent a girlfriend, do you think they have things, you know, for women like, you know, like rent a boyfriend? <gasps> if they do, I want to go out on a date with a guy who cosplays. Of course you do. For one reason only. Oh, this ought to be. I can make. I can make him dress up as any anime character. I would pay extra money for that. Really? Hey, I, hey. If I could waste it, I could. I wish I would do that. But yeah, no, apparently you can actually go to Japan and rent a girlfriend for a day. Are you going to do that? No. No, I'm not. No. No, that just more that just makes you more sad and lonely. Well, duh. Ah, <laughs> uh, moving on. So, uh, last month, publisher Shaw Factory is listing its DVD release of various Japanese Transformers series among its titles that are going out of print soon. So if you're interested in some Japanese Transformers, head on over there now. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so Kodansha is attempting to break the Guinness World Record for largest comic book published by issuing a new a Titan-sized print of Attack on Titan's first two chapters. So, okay. So the book is reportedly six to seven times... Which is like six or seven times larger than a regular... Tonkoban. Jesus. Yeah, this thing is fucking huge. Do you want it? Here's the thing. It, it, it'll be online uh, starting March 6th with a limited 100 print run. It'll cost approximately... 165,000 yen which is about $1,540. Louis, you have the money, you can buy that for yourself. Oh fuck, no. no. I'm not that big of a of a Tekken Titan fan. To be like, no, am I? To be like, "Oh, hey, I want a huge Where the fuck would I even put it?" You don't think these things through, Marissa. I'll go tell you, or you can ship it over here and I can put it in my place. Yeah, no. I have the room. No. But I'll get it for free, technically, in a way. Moving on, and then finally, Deadline has reported that Amazon Studios is developing a live-action film adaptation of Kota Harano's Helsing manga with Derek Colston, who has written John Wick, Marvel's Falcon yeah. and the Winter executive producer. 
will be on board as screenwriter. I'm okay with this. Like I said, I'm okay with it. I, I don't see how you can fuck up basically an anime, you know, make, turning into live action with vampires. It should be, I mean, yeah, you're right. It should be pretty good because, again, as I was mentioning it to you last night when we were talking the about this. The only problem that I have, the, the only issue I can see who the hell is it going to get to play as Sierra's because for one reason only, they need a big titty person to play her. Is that all you want? You, want, might- you want a big titty police girl? Yes. My only issue is, are they going to get a porn star to do that? Because that's the only way they can get a person that has big, giant tits. Hire a porn star. No, they're not going to hire a porn... Or maybe they should hire April O'Neil. No, she's not going to be able to do it. Why not? Because how is she going to play someone like like that? That's what? How's it going to... She can't. She doesn't do anime. You try again. Good lord. Hey, she has range. How? You just need to look at our porn parodies. I'm sorry, but no. The, the, the Pokemon one was a fail. For crying out loud, no one would jerk off to that. Like her other porn parodies. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, no one would jerk off to that. What about that uh, Hellraiser one? Ugh. Again, no one would jerk off to that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you are absolutely right. Oh, God, did you jerk off to it? No. Lewis? Lewis? Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Lewis? Anything else you want to add before we uh, jump on to our, uh, to our main segment? No, that's about it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. We're going to be talking about the uh, Roger Moore era of the uh, James Bond films. You're listening to the Woodsman Podcast.
welcome back. And on this segment, we're going to be talking about the Roger Moore era of the uh, James Bond franchise. So right after uh, Diamonds Are Forever, uh, that was the last picture. That was the last movie made by... um, uh, Shit, what's his name? Blanking on the name right now, which is sort of embarrassing. Uh, Sean Connery. So after Sean Connery was done, like I said, he was done. He was pretty much over. He was actually pretty much over on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but because George Lassenby was flaky and and thought that doing another Bond movie was above him, he never really returned. So when it was time to cast... For a new Bond, you know, they were close to actually casting a uh, an American Bond. Yeah. But, but eventually they, they went with uh, Roger Moore, who was done filming The Saint. So we have this movie... 1973's Live and Let Die, which is a bit of a black exploitation film. Yeah. In which instead of Bond fighting uh, a secret organization, he's fighting against a, a group of black gangsters from the United States. So in the movie, after a couple of uh, field, uh, field agents uh, dying in the United States... Bond is sent to investigate and quickly comes ahead with uh, with the gangster known as Mr. Big. In it, he finds out that Mr. Big uses these does things under the uh, consultation of his uh, psychic solitaire. Who does these uh, tarot card readings? Now I know you're into tarot card readings. So I was wondering, what do you thought of her, uh, of the whole Bond depiction of tarot card readings? I'm just there, like going. I'm just there, like you know, like going. Well, then you're not really doing it correctly because she wasn't. I get it. It's a movie. But I still like this scene, though, because at least, you know, it was in there. Because I'm a sucker for tarot cards. But she was reading those cards inaccurately. Yeah, so Bond seduces Solitaire. Was that was her name? Yeah, that was her name. I did not know that. So her literal name was just solitaire. I'm just there going, huh? And she was easily seduced by by Bond. I mean, I mean, let me tell you this: tarot card usually, you know, tell you, give your warnings, shit like that. And yet she ignored the cards. The cards could have told her, "Do not sleep with that man." Not like at one point Bond even tricks her by. Uh... By 
buying the same fucking lover's tarot card? Like he even says that. That's not what the. That's not even what the levers mean. I mean, I mean, they're different. They're different interpretations of the levers. Usually, the levers for me. Let Let me break it down to you. In tarot readings, is basically from your description. Levers to me, yes, you know, yes, it means like soulmate. It means like that kind of stuff. Like you know, oh look, you know, you be with the one that you love. For me, it's like, look, look, I'm working through a relationship right now. There are things that need to be done. You know, it's that kind of thing. Don't you dare. If someone did that to me, pulled out the lover's, the lover's tarot card, I'd be looking at them be like, bitch, please. I'm not falling for your bullshit. Then again, the lover never pop up, pop up for me at all. I haven't really drawn the lovers in any of my readings. Not yet, right? Uh, not yet so far. Because basically, I do general readings. Lovers would be, lovers would be if I'm looking into love itself or seeing how relationship flows. That would usually pop up. Other than that, uh. It's not a card that usually pops up every single time, which I caught bullshit on in this film. I'm like, like, no way fucking you can pull out the lovers like that. That's not how it works. I, that kind of made me a little bit annoyed. So Bond uh, takes Solitaire back to, back to the United States, but then uh, some shit happens. He... <laughs> You know, she kind of gets kidnapped. He has to, uh, they have that whole boat chase scene. Yeah. Where you had that one racist sheriff, J.W. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Trying to stop him. And, okay, the thing is, is that. The producers were pretty much annoyed when they tried and filmed in that town because the town was, like, being racist as fuck. Yeah. Because they didn't like... Again, it's a Black Boy black boy Station film, so it was, like, one of the first... So it was one of the few movies where they actually had, like, a heavy amount of black actors and black stunt people. Yeah. And yeah, the town they were filming in was being a little racist. So they were like, listen, we either do this film or we'll take our money and go somewhere else. So in honor for, of that town, they invented J.W. Pepper. Oh my God, I fucking hated him. If you can believe it or not. Eventually, towards the end of the movie, uh, we have a big showdown between um, between Bond and Mr. Pig, uh, Mr. Big, and uh, Bond kills Mr. Big in like the most like it 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 looks ridiculous. Where it's like, oh, it's like a shark, no, like. Like, he kills Mr. Big by using, like, this shark bullet. 
Yeah. That's supposed to inflate the shark or something? Yeah. But instead, it, it inflates Mr. Big, and, and he goes up up to the ceiling, and it just explodes. And it's like, that that is a ridiculous death scene. Is it, or is it one of the best death scenes? Well, what what do you think? I How thought it was you... actually kind of funny in a unique way. <laughs> oh, it is funny. It is unique. And we'll just leave it at that. But you're just, but, but you're just there like going, why is this even a thing? Yeah, just, just why? Why is this a thing? Because it is. We don't question it. We just accept it. No, but what were your thoughts on this movie? Uh, you know, with them trying to use uh, voodoo imagery. You know, the whole voodoo imagery of Baron Samedi. Uh, again, yeah, I saw the Baron Samedi. I, I found that a little bit unique in a way because of what Baron Samedi is. Like, he is he is the voodoo god. Of course, I don't know much about voodoo, to be honest. I'm more, I'm much more into, like, the witchcraft. Voodoo is something that I do not want to mess with. If you don't know what you're doing in voodoo, you can fuck up your whole entire your whole entire life lifeline. You can say goodbye to you know you know to your future generation at that point on. But yeah, I'm just they're like like I can see it. It's just why go to this length? It kind of bothered me. Because I don't know how voodoo works, but last time I checked, half that shit is not even in the, uh, it's not even known. So I'm just there going, oh God, someone just, just fucked up in some way, shape or form. Because the voodoo dolls, yes, voodoo dolls are meant to like curse people, but it doesn't, it's not like that. It kind of hurt watching this movie when they tried going through, like, the tarot card, going into voodoo magic, and I'm here going, why was this made? Well, I mean, it was the early 70s. I, I get with the early 70s, but still, there's just something that, that should not be made into a movie and talked about this. I kind of found the culture disrespectful in a way. Is that wrong of me? I kind of found it culturally disrespectful. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it was it was it's okay. It's not it's not the worst Bond film. The voodoo part. I mean, wasn't everybody doing voodoo back in the seventies? Neither do I. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know much about it, but from what I read up on it, I don't think they did it right. Well, what do you thought of the actor who played Mr. Big? 
liked him. He was a good actor. You know, he he does appear in in several other movies. Uh, what other movies? He was in uh, the, the, the first one, Alien, as Parker. Oh, okay. And believe it or not, he was in... Um, Trying to look it up. He uh, he was in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, as Doc. Yeah. As the doc- okay, as, I did as, not know as, that. Uh, yeah, as the doctor. All right. But still, I kind of found it culturally insensitive in my, uh, on my part. Of course, of course, knowing you, you probably will understand why. Yeah, no, I understand, but yes. uh, but man, like I said, it's it's. Um... I mean, I, I mean, how would you feel? You know, you're practicing something, and you're reading up on other practices and cultures, and suddenly, you know, there's a whole movie about uh, about Mexican witches. Marissa, there's and two, and they do everything completely opposite. Marissa, there's at least two or three movies. Animated movies about the Mexican Day of the Dead. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about if they did it incorrectly. Again, I don't know. I mean, why you feel a little bit cordially insensitive? And I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking of the Book of Life and fucking Coco. No, that was done correctly. At least, I, I, at least from stories, that's how it's supposed. That's how they're. Their stuff is supposed to look. So someone did their reading. I am just talking about, you know, what they did with this James Bond film. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, what do you thought of uh, Roger Moore's first outing as Bond? Uh, so I have to say, I, I'm pretty sure there's other... I know there's been other Bond films... You know, other Bonds out there, but he just doesn't do it for me. You think you think he's a little too old? But even yeah, he, even in his first film, yeah, he looks he he looks old. Bond, I, I picture someone young. Then again, I do like the uh, Daniel Craig ones. I do like his 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 Bond films, even though he's also old, but he but he still looks somewhat attractive. This guy, I, I don't see it. How are women supposed to fall for a man like that? And the shaking, not stir stuff. Jesus Christ. Well, in later films, I could understand. Like, like he's supposed to come out as someone like charming, you know? Uh, trust me, it's going to take a lot. So what would you give? You charm me. So what would you give "Live and Let Die" as a rating? I like the opening. You know what? The opening's not. Yeah, the opening is pretty badass. I like the uh, that whole boat chase scene. You know, in the middle. Yeah, and I do like the song. I like the song too. You know what was it? There's at least like three girls that Bond goes to sleep with. Yeah. You know, I did like that. I did like that uh, that black girl that was in the beginning of the movie. She's of course pretty, you do. She was pretty cute. Yeah. 
Of course you do. Why do you say I'm it? just saying you have a I'm just saying you have a type. Okay, and I'm just saying you have a type, so it doesn't fucking surprise me that you would. So what'd you give it as a rating? I'm gonna give this one four four, you know, live and let die out of five. Just because I like the fucking song. I like the song, okay? I'll give this one three and a half Yo, I... balloon ceiling explosion out of five. I should have put down four and I, you know, four, you, you know, four, four and aggregate terror readings out of five. That one is better. <sighs> it Mo was inaccurate. So moving. I'm mo sorry. I'm sorry, for movies, I look for accuracy. So moving on, we have The Man with the Golden Gun that came out in 1974. Uh, once again, stars Roger Moore as James Bond, but also has Christopher Lee as Scaramanga. I know, I love this one, just because I love Christopher Lee. God, he was a good actor. I liked him in Lord of the Rings. So in this he played at the as the evil wizard. So in the movie, uh, Bond finds out that one of the world's deadliest hitmen uh, might be on to him. So Bond uh, tries to find tries to find. Uh, Scaramanga and quickly finds out that it wasn't Bond that Scaramanga was after, but it was actually um, the scientist that uh, that other people were trying to um, that other people were trying to help because the scientist had the key to uh, to working on a powerful solar cell. So, like I said, Bond is trying to track down uh, who who Scaramanga was because no one had ever seen Scaramanga. The only thing, the only thing anyone ever knew about Scaramanga was was the fact that he had a third nipple. And my thing is, who, you, and my thing is, who? The, ever, do you remember Ed and Eddie when they actually made that reference as well too? N no, that Ed. And made a reference like going, like going. Oh, he reminds me of that evil villain from the J. Because they were talking about Eddie, and Ed was like, it is like going. Oh, so Eddie is is hiding the fact that he has a third nipple, like that Bond villain. And I was like, going, huh? That's one hell of a reference to make. Here's my thing: Who the hell is is close enough to scare a manga to be like, oh, hey, there's a third nipple. I I don't know, but I'm here wondering how the fuck do you get a third nipple? I don't know, man. I mean, I I mean, here's the thing. For you to have a third nipple, like 
Especially when you're a guy, are you subconscious about sleeping with other women because the fact you have an extra nipple, or is that something that you should show off because of the fact it's something weird? Uh, I would be a little self-conscious. Wouldn't you be a little self-conscious? Uh, do I have to remind you fucking what was the total recall with the girl with the three tits? <sighs> She I, wasn't self-conscious. People found that fucking sexy as hell. Remember? Okay, but I'm asking, would you be self-conscious? If I had a third nipple, probably not. I probably wouldn't care if some guy finds it attractive, wants to use me as, like, for porn imagery and shit like that, and I get paid for it, then yes, I would fucking do it. Good Lord. I mean, would you do it if someone offered you a bunch of money just to show off your third nipple? I mean, I guess, but still. I mean, think about Think about a bunch of women just, like, trying to sleep with you, but all they're doing is just playing with that third nipple because it's interesting to look at. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't even play with my nipples right now. I can't play with your nipples. You don't, we don't even live in the same exact state. I mean, when we were living in the exact same states, you weren't. I really didn't have a nipple finish like I do now. Oh, no, I play with Dante's nipples. He doesn't like, the only reason I don't, the only reason I do to him because he doesn't like it. Like, he fucking hates it. You, the only reason I don't do it to you because I know you're not going to have a fucking reaction to it. I do things because I like to bother people. Oh my god, moving on. What? Again, a third nipple. How close do you have to be to someone to in order to see a third nipple? I don't know, man. But yeah, so. Like one of the other uh, Bond girls in the film was. Uh, was. Um, was that Bond gets a uh, an assistant by the name of Goodnight. Is that literally her name? It's Goodnight? Yes. It, I feel like they're trying that they're trying hard to come up with sexual names, but yet they can't do it. I guess not. <laughs> like, is it supposed to be arousing or not arousing? I don't know, man. But like, like, I know Pussy Galore is supposed to be like arousing, but yet it's fucking hilarious. I know, I know, I know you find, I know you find that one strangely funny. Pussy galore, think of fucking about it. But anyway, um, I don't know. Good night seemed kind of like, like she wasn't good in this film, you know. Like she always seemed like she always got in, like she was always in the way. a lot of these women in the Jane Bond films, except for which one was it? 
Was it the last? Was it the very last one? I can't remember. The one where I think they're in India or some shit like that, and Bond is like there with that one girl who's a dancer, I believe. I don't remember which one that one was. But yeah, I, I liked her. The one where they had a you know a stop a bomb that was come that was that that was from where it was the, the, the Russians invading. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about, but that's not so like yeah. But I liked her. W- I like that Bond girl. We'll talk about that right, like like in a few Bond films. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I know. I, yeah, I know exactly what you who you're talking about. Also, what's weird was that this movie came out right around the whole. Uh, martial arts craze of the 70s like the Bruce Bloitation films and for whatever reason they also had to include that in the movie like with with Bond being in this karate school oh yeah I saw that scene they were like oh what and the whole time I'm like thinking well wait a minute they're in Thailand why the fuck would they be practicing karate especially in Thailand like okay, like okay, like I okay. now you know how I feel with the previous movie. Like okay, okay, I would understand. Okay, I know karate has like branched out into the world, but it didn't branch out back then like that far out into the world yet. But considering that Muay Thai is Thailand's martial arts style, and they're <laughs> and and they're. Uh, and the national sport, it would be more believable for Bond to be in a in, in in a Muay Thai training camp than he would be at a karate school. Yeah, he would get his ass kicked, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, so towards the end of the movie, uh, Bond has a one-on-one duel. Against uh, Scaramanga and kills him. He saves Goodnight, steals the solar, the solar machine, and has to deal with uh, with Scaramanga's manservant, Knickknack. And yeah, that's pretty much it in the movie. Uh, one of the things about the movie was that apparently there was like a lot of trouble behind the scenes like the two producers for the film um Cubby Broccoli and and I think Harry Saltzman they stopped talking to one another like like their relationship between each other has been deteriorating for years yeah but this was like the last movie in which um In which they ever did anything together. In fact, and not only that, but like the movie, um, like it, it was one of the lowest grossing movies, and for and for a while, people thought this might be the final Bond film. Yeah, but. At the very least, some of the actors had some fun with the movie. Like, apparently, Christopher Lee l- 
you know, liked working with uh, with Roger Moore. I mean, they even became close friends. Yeah. To the point where apparently Roger Moore had found a cave that was filled with bats. Nice. So he went to, so he showed it off to, uh, to Christopher Lee. And told him, Master, they are yours to command. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at Christopher Lee. I love Christopher Lee because of the fact, you know, he's just that creepy. Well, not only that, I mean, it, it, it was a sort of reference to the fact that uh, in his early career. He played at Dracula, yes. Yeah, he played Dracula. Like a shit ton of Dracula. Seen, I have not seen that version of Dracula, which I need to look up and find because I want to see that version of Dracula. Not only that, but Christopher Lee's actually a real life badass. Like he, like he, like in his real lifetime, he wasn't only in the military, but he was also a double agent as well too in real life. Which I'm here like, how the fuck a guy like that pulls all that shit off? And that he knows what it sounds like when a man gets stabbed because he stabbed a guy in real life before. <laughs> like, he, like, like Christopher Lee has actually killed people. Exactly. Because that was his job. Because yeah, he was, he was. I know what a man sounds, sounds like when you stab him. He was, in, like, he was in the Royal Elf. Air Force during World War II. Yeah. And fucking like what was it? Like his job was to was to capture Nazis. Oh yeah. You can't get more badass than that. Yep, and he knows how to and he says like he knows what a person sounds like when you stab him. It's like I would assume so. Chris, Christopher Lee was a bad motherfucker. Let's just yep. let's just admit it to that. Let's just admit to that. Not only that, but like I love the fact that in 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 the movie, in this movie, Bond and Scaramanga seem to be more similar than they are opposites. Yeah. Like you could easily see Bond being uh being a scaramanga. You know, if, if Bond was really like the type of person to uh to kill, you know, you know, to kill for hire. Yeah. Uh one of the things that was so dumb and and, and a lot of people have, have said that they regretted doing that. Was uh, that chase scene? Yeah. Where the car does a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. But then they had that stupid sound effect. Oh, yeah. Of the whistle. Yeah. And and, and, and they regretted do, adding the whistle to that sound effect. What? No shit. It sounded fucking silly. Like, I think it took audiences out of the moment for, during that film. Yeah, it took me out of the moment, too. 
It's like it's like trying to have sex, and then suddenly, and, and then suddenly your partner makes a joke about something during sex. I don't want to deal with that shit. Oh god. Anyway, so what would you give this movie as a rating? This one, five out of five badasses. Uh, I actually like this one. I mean, it, I mean, it has its moments, but I mean, what do you? I mean, I know Roger Moore didn't like this movie because, like, he didn't like. That Bond was manhandling that one girl in the movie, because according to 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 uh, to Roger Moore, like his Bond would have um, would have charmed the information out of her instead of trying, instead of threatening to hurt her. Yeah, but Christopher Lee though. So this movie, I'll give it um, you know, three three barrel rolls out of five. <laughs> Which we move on to 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. Once again, uh, Watch more in the movie with uh, Barbara Bach as Major Anya Amazov and Kurt Jorgens as Stromberg, Richard Keel as Jaws. So in the movie, Bond is uh, is working with a KGB agent. When they were trying to find out um, who's been stealing uh, both Russian and um, and British submarines, and Bond and the other agent starts to uh, and the female Russian agent, Major Anya. Amazov uh, start to fall in love with one another until she finds out that it was Bond who had killed her lover in the last film. Uh, her, her lover in a previous mission earlier in the movie. And, you know, it's interesting that we have a what seems to be like a female version, a Russian female version of a Bond in this movie? Yeah. And she actually did look like she was kind of capable, right? Right. So towards the end of the movie, we find out that it was uh, this guy named Strongberg who wants to create a new society under the sea. Under oh the sea. <laughs> Come on, tell me you didn't think about that the whole time this motherfucker was talking. 
I did. Like, just the absurdity of his plan of creating new life under the sea. So fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah, and then like towards the end of the movie, um, Anya forgets about her uh, her vendetta to kill Bond. Yeah. And sleeps with him. So would you sleep with me if I killed your um, your lover? No, I wouldn't. That makes me hate you. Okay, fine. I'll I'll delete my plans to kill Dante. You had a plan? I mean, no. You had a plan, didn't you? No. Imagine if I did, though. I'd be like, oh, I will, then this is... Why? Either that why or... would you need to kill him? Either that either that, or you'd be, like, pointing out all the flaws in my plan. Yeah, it would be that, too. Oh, my God. But no, I mean this movie was uh I don't it was interesting but not but nothing to to write home about. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean I I mean these films kind of get a little too for, uh formulaic. Yeah. But what do you thought of Jaws as this as this uh unstoppable machine? I didn't like it in all honesty. You don't, I mean, I know you're afraid of big, big, tall guys. Yeah. And Jaws. Jaws. I don't know how tall he, how tall is he in real life? 7'2". Oh, wow. So, which means a former co-host of the show, Isaac Foster, Isaac would have, would be looking up at him like, oh, shit. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Josh. I didn't like him until what was it—the second movie after this one? Yeah, the 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 second one. But at this point, I'm just here, like going, going. What is what's this guy? Why is it teeth metal? Uh, it's like all these villains have to have kind of a gimmick. Metal teeth. Isn't that like the worst gimmick to have? You never know. You never know. That just that just sounds bad. Actually, Richard Keel apparently had a um, a hard time with the teeth. I bet he did. Like, like he couldn't, like he couldn't be using those teeth for more than a few minutes. Jesus. 
Yeah, so. But anyway. But yeah, what do you, I mean, what were, what was some of your favorite parts in the film? In all honesty, I didn't have favorite parts, parts, parts in this film. I gotta tell you, the one thing I did like about something about this film. What? The car. Why the car? Why is it always the car? That that little Lotus X, uh, XCs is is a is a really good looking car. Why? And I also like the fact that it 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 transformed into a car boat. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, really. I don't know. I like that. I like that part. I know you're shaking your head. Yes, I am. So what would you give this one as a rating? I give this one three and a half metal teeth out of five. I'll give this one three and a half car boats out of five. So what was interesting was that after this movie, um, the next movie was supposed to be for your eyes only. Yeah. But you know what came out in 1977 around this time? What? A little science fiction movie. Maybe you may have heard of it called Star Wars. I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you and everybody else around the fucking world. <laughs> so because of how successful Star Wars was, every studio out there trying to make had tried to make their own little sci-fi uh TV show or movie, most famously Star Trek which which hasn't been on the air for a while, came out with their own movie to compete against Star Wars. Yeah. So, instead of making For Your Eyes Only, they went ahead and made Moonraker. Now, Moonraker is based on the uh, book of the same name, but the only difference between this and, and the book was in the book, Moonraker was a missile. So in the film, uh, Bond is sent to investigate the mid-air theft of a space shuttle. Yeah. And in the process, discovers that the uh, the man in the movie, the main villain, Hugo Drax, is uh, creating a series of poison and has recruited... Um, his own followers to live in a space station orbiting the Earth where he would be sending out these poisons out into the world so that he and his disciples can 
rule over the world as the perfect people. And all I got to say is, wow, this motherfucker has a highly inflated opinion of his ego. Uh, what were your thoughts on this movie? I, oh my god. I, I didn't like this one either. Poison, really? What? Don't tell me you didn't like the, uh, the, the shootout between spacemen in outer space. With the lasers? With the lasers. I'm like going freaking, I, I felt like Austin Power freaking lasers. I'm like I did like though I, I did like there was that shark guard with the woman though that cute little li- little nerd girl that cute little nerd girl with the huge titties should I have huge tits I'm gonna find a picture of her she, I know that she had big giant glasses because well, I, I remember because I remember she had some If you think if you think there's a big giant tit, Jesus Christ, I must be as small then. Or maybe it was that one dress that she was wearing in the beginning when she first meets Jaws. Yeah. That may have um, exemplified her cleavage. That's the only way to do it. Cause... Yeah, no, she has small tits. Dolly? No, she doesn't have giant tits. I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, it yeah. was just a dress. Yeah, not in this picture. Yeah, no, not in that picture. No, but if you look everywhere else, no, she has small tits. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She has tiny ass tits. My tits are bigger than hers. Uh, my dream of finding a a big titty glasses chick would never be. <coughs> Cough drop? Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> did that because I love you. Oh, yeah, sure you did. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, uh, that was funny. I like, this, I like this one because of the fact that Josh got with a girl, but oh, my God, was it so stupid with the lasers. When when has Jane Bond ever been a science fiction movie? Until now. Apparently. Because I'm just here going, okay, we're in space. Cool. You know, what can possibly go wrong? Lasers. Freaking lasers. Oh, my God. Yeah, this movie wasn't 
good? What the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean it wasn't good? Yeah, it, it wasn't. Was yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So, what would you give this one as a rating? This one gets a two lasers out of five. I'll give this one. Three no tits out of five. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, you know, some of the action sequences were okay. But, again, it got ridiculous once they went up to space and that whole shootout with the spaceman. And I'm like, oh, good thing... Good thing it's not semen. You would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh my god! So moving on. So we head on over to there. What the there hell? Your what freaking laser beam? What the hell are you watching? I can hear him. Yes, yes, okay, okay, yes, it's Dr. Evil. Yes. That's how I feel about this movie. Oh, my God. I was expecting sharks with fucking laser beams attached to their heads. If that was going to be a thing, I was going to turn off the movie. So we, so we head on over to 1981's For Your Eyes Only. So in this movie, a uh, missing British vessel that's equipped with a weapons encryption device is uh, is missing, sunk underwater with the uh, encryption device being stolen, and Bond has to figure. Bond has to find uh, uh, where it is. In the beginning of the movie, um, a uh, a woman witnesses her family getting killed, massacred, assassinated, uh, even before they could do their job. And when you later find out the job, their job was to find the missing encryption device. So when Bond. Uh, tries to talk, tries to get information from from the assassin. Uh, he is saved slash rescued by uh, by the girl uh, Melina is her name, as she seeks revenge. This is an interesting movie because this is this is one of the few times where you see the Bond girl. Is is kind of capable. Yeah, it's a fucking miracle. Like, oh, hey, uh, she's not just a damsel in distress. She's not just a uh, eye candy. Say, yeah, she's actually useful. Another thing in the movie, um, so Bond. Um, tries to get some help from um, from from somebody named Cristados, and he finds out 
from another from a gangster that Custados has been feeding um, the British intelligence false information to further his own activities, and that it was he who had bought the encryption device in order to sell it to um, to the Soviets. So Bond goes goes ahead and um, and fights off against uh, Cristados. One thing you know, the interesting thing in the movie is that you kind of feel as that James Bond tells Melina not to kill for revenge. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder that maybe perhaps. His bond is getting a little too weary of killing people. Yeah. Also, in this movie, he doesn't sleep with 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 with, uh, with a lot of girls as you thought he he usually does. Nope. Like, remember, he turns down uh, sleeping with uh, with that one chick, Bibi. Yeah. And at first you're thinking, oh, that's because she's like underage or whatever. Yeah. But then you find out that the actresses behind BB and Melina are actually the same age. Oh, okay. Also, I don't know about you, but I, this is the one movie where Bond started getting started looking old. Yeah, I noticed that. Like like Moonraker, he didn't seem so old as he does in this, as he looks in this film. Yeah. And 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 him going and him sleeping with Melina seems a little gross. Yeah. I think. But yet you're fine with Hugh Hefner sleeping around with women. Oh my god, that's. It's the same thing. Uh you always point that out. It's not like because it's the same thing. It's like it's like older men, older men sleeping with younger women. Women, I slept with you, and you're older than me. Oh my! Stop saying that. I'm older than you by two years. That's still kind of gross if you really think about it. By two years? Yes. Really? Yes. It's not the same as somebody, as you sleeping with somebody who's, you know, 20, 30, 40 years older than you. Right? No, it's the same. Oh, my God. No, it's, shut the hell. You're doing this just to piss me off, aren't you? Maybe. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Um, eventually, Bond destroys the encryption device before the Russians can could have a chance to uh, get a hold of it. And then he goes skinny deeply with Molina. Uh, do you have any favorite parts in this film? Not really. Well, besides the fact I did like the scene 
Which team was it? Fuck, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember which scene I liked in this film. Because it has something to do with the actual woman. What, uh, Melina? Yes. I liked one of her scenes. Anyway. Anyway, so this is... Actually, you know what? This is the one film that had Roger Moore's favorite car. Oh, God. Which car was it? It was that... That yellow car in the beginning of the movie. Oh... That, Ew, I don't like yellow. That small little yellow car? Ew. Yeah, uh, Roger Moore said that he liked it because he could do whatever he wanted to do in that fucking car. Oh, Jesus. Like, like, like it wasn't one of these big expensive cars. Like he, like, he really did enjoy driving around in that car. So... So what'd you give this movie as a rating? I give this one four and a half out of five. I'll give this one four. Four encryption devices. Oh Jesus. Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> So, which means we move on to 1983's Octopussy. <laughs> Octopussy. Do you want to explore my moist caves? Oh, my God. Really? Yes. So, in this film... Uh, James Bond uh, investigates the death of a fellow agent who has a fake Faber uh, Frebaji's egg with him and uncovers an international jewel smuggling operation. So Bond heads on over to to India to find out uh, more yeah, on what's going on. Yeah, that's the one that I like. They were Dr. Pussy. There he meets up with a woman named Octopussy. <laughs> it's almost as funny as Pussy Galore. Who claims that uh, Bond had met her father years ago on a mission. And that given a choice, her father decided the honorable, going through the honorable death of uh, suicide. So for that, she thanks Bond for giving her father that option. And even uh, falls in love with him on her island of women. Now, when you think that, you would think, oh, my God. Bond in an island filled with women. That must that be what, lucky bastard. That must be what heaven is like. Why no, I'm no... No. Why do you wish you had an island filled with women? No, because I would think that would be too much trouble. Why? What's the worst that can happen? Are your guys' periods synchronizing? That would be 
fun if you think about it. Yeah, funny for you guys, not funny for me. Why? What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that that has ever happened to you with the woman on the period in front of you? You know, my bed sheets never look the same again. I can't help that. That, yeah, I'm a heavy bleeder. There, you happy? The internet knows that I am a heavy bleeder. God. So eventually we find out that um, that a Soviet general by the name of um, Orlov wants, pretty much wants to uh, to turn the Cold War into a hot one. While uh, well, General Gogo, who's been sort of a an unofficial ally throughout the entire Bond series, uh, feels like doesn't feel like going into war. Yeah. Like eventually, Bond manages to stop a um, a bomb that's meant to uh, blow up. At a nearby American base. And. Um, Orloff is killed. Uh, with people. With the Soviet Union. Thinking that he was a defector. And afterwards. Octopussy goes ahead and kills. Um, Kills Kamal Khan, the 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 uh, Indian guy that was tr- that was trying to betray her. Eventually, Bond gets together with Octopussy towards the end of the movie. One of the things I did like in the movie, in the beginning of the movie, was when uh, Bond tried to pretend that he was this uh, the uh, the a uh, Cuban general. By putting on a fucking mustache. And at first you think, who's going to fall for this? Until you saw there was actually was a a James Bond lookalike actor. Yeah. I mean, I think it was the same. I think it was Roger Moore, though. Playing, yeah. playing both roles. But uh, I I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah, this whole movie was uh, was interesting uh, with Bond uh, pretending to be a clown in order to tell the general what the hell's going on. And you said you liked uh, you liked this uh, the the woman, right? The... I like Doctor Pussy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of her name, because of the fact she kicked ass and that. I like this scene where she basically went up to like the tower area and just kicked everyone's ass with her uh, with with her girls. Remember that scene? Oh, I remember that scene. Yes, I, I love that scene. Well, not well. Well, here's the thing: Octopus is played by Maude Adams, who did play another character in. Um, and the man with the golden gun. 
Oh, okay. Remember, she was Scaramanga's girlfriend in the beginning. Oh yeah. In the movie that gets killed, that gets shot in the head, because she was gonna betray him for Bond. Yeah. So yeah, same actress. Same actress. I did not know that. And you know, this movie actually did really surprisingly well. And what's interesting was that this movie was uh, competing against um, that Sean Connery bomb movie. I'm trying to look for it. Because uh, yeah, because Never Say Never Again also came out in 1983. Yeah. So this was the first time where two Bond movies were competing against each other. Oh. But Roger Moore's Bond movie won. So what'd you give this movie as a uh, as a rating? I give this one four and a half women ass kicking out of five. I'll also give this one four and a half octopuses <laughs> out of five. Oh my god. And finally, to the final um, more Roger Moore movie, uh, is A View to a Kill. So this one came out in nineteen in nineteen eighty five, and stars with it not just uh, Roger Moore again reprising. For the last time, reprising his role as Bond with uh, Christopher Walken. Oh my God, I love this one just because of Christopher Walken was in it as the main villain. As the main villain, Max Zorin, Tanya Roberts, God. Tanya Roberts as Stacy Sutton, Gracie Jones as Mayday. I gotta say that though, Christopher Walken should not be playing any more villains. It, it doesn't go good with his acting at all. Yeah, so in this movie, <laughs> uh, Max Zorin, uh, Christopher Walken plays a a uh, KGB-trained Max Zorin who, uh, who, who's been hoarding uh, silicon microchips and and uh, breeding horses and injecting them with with an illegal steroids to win uh, championships. Well, that's one way to do it. So when one of his so when Zoran's micro uh, microchip falls into the hands of uh, of a dead agent. It leads Bond to try and stop him. Yeah. Like at first he tries to gather this information in England. But when Max Zorin leaves to California, uh, Bond follows follows him as well. 
and with the help of Stacy Sutton, figures out that Max Zorin is trying to cause a big enough earthquake to flood Silicon Valley, making him the leading supplier of microchips. So Bond uh, has to stop him. And even and and towards the end of the movie, kills him by throwing him off his little Zeppelin. Yep. But yeah, in this movie, man. Kind Roger walking with young. Oh, very young. Yeah. Like I don't know. He looked like a very good-looking person in this film. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Him as a Russian with that KGB, with that New York, Brooklyn accent of his. Again, he should not be playing villains. That's my personal opinion. Him playing as a villain is so, so off. It's not even funny. Well, it kind of is funny in a way, but still. But, okay, but this movie, I mean, if the last movie, uh, Roger Moore looked old, in this movie, he looked especially old. Yeah. I give this movie four four out of five Christopher Walkins. Oh, my God, really? I I like the actor. What can I say? I I, I like him as an actor. Yeah, like... you know, this was the least favorite of Roger Moore's movies just because uh, this was the most violent movie. And, and it, it wasn't that violent. You had Christopher Walken's character killing off a bunch of people. That's just an everyday Christopher Walken thing. Um, yeah, sure. He does it in every movie. Goes out and kills people. Well, except for except for what movie was it? The Jungle Book. Except for that one, though, he didn't really kill anyone in that one. But yeah, like I said, he he just did not like Roger Moore. Like I said, did not look really good in this film. Like he looked really old and a little bit tired. Yeah. And reportedly, he also did not get along very well with uh, the actress playing Mayday, Grace Jones. Of course. Because he thought that she looked a little too muscular. Like she wasn't feminine enough for him. Oh my god. And apparently... According to his autobiography, yeah, when Grace Jones went to bed with James Bond, she had actually brought a big black dildo to bed with her. <laughs> uh, that makes my day. Again, allegedly. Allegedly. And, you know, Tanya Roberts, man, I mean, she looked really good in this film. 
But she just did not have a lot to do. You know, she wasn't, um, you know, her acting wasn't, you know, she didn't do a lot of acting in this film. Yeah. You know who I thought looked really cute in this film? Who? And I know we only get to see her for a few minutes. Was that um, Russian spy the Bond meets? Yeah. You know, the one that he takes with her to that Japanese hot spa? Yeah. Yeah, I thought she looked cute as fuck. Of course you do. What are you trying to say? I just said, of course you do. Uh. Why are you attacking me all of a sudden? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing. But no, I mean, it, it was a good film. You know, you know what's the one thing I did like about this movie, though, more than anything else? What? The song by Duran Duran. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I, I did too because it's Duran Duran. I mean, once I mean, once once you hear that song, you can't get it out of your fucking head. Nope, just like the song "Girls on Films." Oh, man. But, but yeah, I I, I this was Roger Moore's last film because he felt like he was getting too old. For God's sakes, he was already he was almost in his sixties when he made this movie. Jesus. So yeah, naturally it was time for him to uh to step down and he would step down for uh The Living Daylights, which yeah. would which was the next Bond film played by uh Timothy Dalton. But that's but we won't talk about that till next time. But what did you I mean overall, what did you thought of Roger Moore as as Bond? You did you think he was uh better than than uh, Sean Connery, or do you think he was, um, or do you still prefer, at this point, do you still prefer Sean Connery to Roger Moore? I do prefer Sean Connery. You know what? I, Sean Connery and, and Roger Moore played two completely different bonds. Like, you could see Sean Connery playing, like, the more tough bond. You know, the, the, yeah. one, the one bond who could, who could get shit done. Yeah. While Morris Bond was more uh, trying to get the ladies, you know, trying to charm them. Yeah. So what would you give? No, you know what? I'll wait until next time to talk about which is the better Bonds. But. But yeah, anything else you want to mention before we. Uh, Oh, you know what? Let me give my rating. So I'll give this one uh, four microchips out of five. <laughs> I give this one four Christopher Watkins out of five killing people. You and your killing people, man. I like I like the killing. So anything else you want to mention before we wrap things up? Uh, Nope. Okay, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Sketchy's Anime Manga Pop Culture Corner on Facebook, Anime Velvet, 
uh, Wardman Podcast group we do have now on Facebook. Uh, along, you can find me at Ufu Marjorome on Instagram, Marissa Marjorome on Twitter. Um, yes, if you want to talk to us, uh, you know, talk to us on the Woodsman page on the uh, Facebook. And uh, if you want to talk to me directly, yes, I'm on. Yes, talk to us. We're very lonely. We're two very, very, you know, very lonely people. And one of us is a virgin. Oh, my God. Really? Really? Okay, fine. Then we're not virgins. We're just very two lonely, desperate people looking for love and affection. Oh my God! And uh, and and you can talk to me directly at DrakerGod at uh, Twitter at Woodsman.com. Uh, Twitter.com, excuse me. Yeah, you can talk to me at DrakerGod at Twitter.com. So that's it for this episode. Next episode, uh, we're gonna be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. I cannot wait to watch a four-hour four movie. Jeez. And we're also going to be doing a couple of game reviews. I'll be talking about uh, Injustice 2, Gods Among Us, to keep, to keep the whole DC narrative. Well, while you do your DC narrative stuff, I am going to go and not do DC-related stuff, and I'm going to be reviewing uh, Neo 1 and 2, base game only, DLC, I will talk about at a later time because I just started the DLC with it with these two games. So yeah, that'll be it for the next episode. Thank you all for listening. I hope to do this again real soon. Later's. Bye Z. Thank mm-hmm. you.